All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Not Investment Advice. We've got the NIA boys here. Before we even do anything, we've got to kick it off with Meme of the Week. All right, but before we do that, we got Trung Fan here, Meme Master Flex, lead writer at The Hustle, and we got Jack Butcher, founder of Visualized Value, and myself, Bilal Zaidi from Creator Lab. And anyway, so boys, it's been a crazy, crazy week. The only way to start off is with Meme of the Week. And uh, Jack sent this one in a group chat and we were absolutely howling, man. <laughs> so for people who are only listening, it says, holy shit, bears are fucked. And it's that crazy face like, oh, and it says 1% up because as you all know, right now is the complete opposite of that. Everyone's hurting. Everyone's in the absolute shitter. Things are down. Everything's red. No, but we need and- to talk about how insane we're recording on Monday, January twenty fourth. The yeah. the comeback of the Dow. The, I mean, sorry, the Nasdaq was down five percent, I think, today, and it's up 05 percent. And we're celebrating. Pump just texted <laughs> or tweeted that the bear market's over. Hey, people, that was a good run. That was a tough two yeah. weeks. That was a tough two weeks. So look, we're gonna break, everyone. break it down today, man, because this has been uh been hurting my soul, man. Uh, you know what? We talked about this a little bit a few episodes ago, or not? Actually, do you know what? We did that whole episode on when will there be a bear market? Remember? That was a few months yeah. ago. Fad Bilal. Yeah, yeah, Fad Bilal. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Bilal's like, you know, when the bear markets come, I'm not saying that it's gonna happen, <laughs> but if it comes, I just want you guys to know to be ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was me. And I had a plan in my head. And as soon as it happens, you're like, no, 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 no. I'm dying right now. What do we do? Everybody's so, uh, got a plan until they get punched in the face. Exactly. exactly. Mike Tyson. <laughs> so anyway, let's let people know what we're going to talk about today. I think there's only one place to start, which is going to be basically explaining what the hell is going on. The last few months have been kind of brutal, but since January, especially both the stock market, crypto, all of growth stocks. In fact, S&P 500 also been down across the board as well. So we're going to explain kind of what's going on. Um, we'll try our best to understand what's going on on that side. Then we're going to talk a little bit about ARK and versus Berkshire Hathaway. This is kind of a story that's come out in the last week or so. Uh, we'll explain the significance of each of those, but essentially value stocks versus growth and uh, how our boy Warren Buffett is playing catch up and he seems to be no he's playing chess and we playing checkers for the chess exactly (laughs) um and then trung brought this one up we're going to talk about mcdonald's because uh well the meme of mcdonald's and open up a discussion on earned media so we'll just save that specifically what mcdonald's meme are you talking about well basically the fact that we're all going to be working in mcdonald's soon (laughs) because we're all broke which is the well hold on you need to explain the full crypto joke yeah, You're just, the well, just guy. Like, let's let's hear the. Well, I mean, the, well, you guys tell me this is correct. The crypto joke is everybody that's been making money uh, in, in, in cryptos and, and and meme stocks have not had to work at McDonald's because all their stimmy checks are up a hundred times. But now that everything's imploding, they're looking for work. <laughs> We're going back. We're going back to basics, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's let's get to that. That'll be later in the show. And then we, if we get time, we'll talk about the new Twitter NFT profile pictures i kind of want to get jack's take as he is our nft dude on the pod uh get his take on that if it's a good or bad thing so let's just get straight into it boys i mean look it's been brutal time 
Um, you know, we're basically at the end of January here. If you look at the highs of Bitcoin and Ethereum, we're down about 50-ish percent. Let's just say half the price from the highs. I think Bitcoin went up to 69K, fittingly, and it's gone all the way back down to the 30s. Um, <coughs> Ethereum went to like four and a half, five K and is now down in the two and a half range, basically. So, um, yeah, so that is obviously on the crypto side, but even on the stock side across the board, we've seen, you know, a bit of a correction. So S&P 500 was down, I think 10 to 15% this month. Um, year to date, it's down 8%. Year to date. But I think, did it go even lower and it's kind of recovered a bit or? Yeah, it will, before today, it was at minus 8% for the year. Okay, cool. So either way, it's around, let's say, 8%, 10%. Um, and, you know, that's across the board. For growth stocks specifically, we've seen the stories of Peloton, you know, crazy Zoom. drops. Zoom. The, pan all, the pandemic favorites. The pandemic, exactly, exactly. Those, those are all down significantly as well. Um, so let's. where do we start here, boys? I mean, that's kind of just painting the picture. Like, I guess, Trung, maybe we take it over to you. Like, from your point of view, you're covering this every day. What the hell is, is going on in the market, man? Well, Bilal, you were mentioning the ARC versus Brookshire. I think that's actually a really good frame to talk about this because those two, first of all, they're great memes in themselves, right? Like Brookshire, Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett, old school. They're not about this new techie stuff. And then you have uh, ARC Innovation Fund. So ARC, we've talked about on the show a lot. Let me list to you guys their top 10 holdings. You, you might've heard of these names. <laughs> Tesla, Teladoc, Coinbase, Zoom, Roku, UiPath, Unity Software, Twilio Square, and Spotify. So they're obviously, and Shopify. So they're extremely you know, betting on the future and innovation and profits be damned. It doesn't really matter, right? So a lot of these companies are not profitable and they are also very pandemic related names. But the chart that one of you guys put in the our chat yesterday was of how basically since the start of COVID, Berkshire Hathaway has essentially caught up to ARC in terms of performance, right? And Berkshire Hathaway, we talked about, yeah, exactly. That's the chart that you showed. Here's a chart so for people insane, on right? Yeah, you can yeah. see. So... There's a red graph, ARK Innovation ETF. They've got a few different ETFs, but um, the this main one's one. Innovation Fund, yeah. And then Berkshire Hathaway, you know, steady. Well, but I'll describe the ARK Innovation one, like visually, and then so describe the Berkshire one. It goes from Q1 2020. <laughs> it's a huge jump, very steep. And then we've seen a steady decline. Yeah. Um, like a few big drawdowns. I sound like one of those chart guys on YouTube, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically the same thing. Yeah, we see it upward trend and a downward trend but anyway so we got uh that on the arc side and then berkshire hathaway is the nice you know steady growth steady growth yeah. going up and to the right slowly uh but now it is kind of meeting and uh taking over again you actually want to know what's funny is uh if you look uh we didn't pull it up here but people can look afterwards but if you look at berkshire versus the nasdaq in the dot-com bubble same thing mm. things were ripping up Berkshire just steadily picking away because Buffett never invested in tech at that time. And if you look at what's interesting about Berkshire and Josh Wolf, the venture capitalist, tweeted about it yesterday, it was like, yeah, Berkshire just buys cash flowing businesses, right? And they compound. And that's what happens when you let something compound. It just steadily just keeps creeping up or has these meme stocks obviously rip up and down. But the thing I'll say about Berkshire, which is interesting, and we can explain why there's been this rotation from value to growth. So just to put that perspective is that ARC since the beginning of 2021 is down more than 40% on 
while Berkshire over the same time span is up 30%. So like this is from the beginning of 2021. So Berkshire Hathaway, they have their stock holdings and their operating businesses. Their operating businesses are really, really old school. I mean like old economy or like forever economy, energy, utilities, railroads. They own like the biggest railroad network in North America um, and insurance, right? So all these businesses actually do well in a rising interest rate environment for a couple of reasons, insurance and banking. So banking is a huge part of their investment portfolio. Outside of Apple, Bank of America is Berkshire's largest equity position. So in a rising interest rate environment, banks, they have a better spread on like their bank lending, right? So like right now they're paying us dick uh, in terms of our savings accounts. They can bump it up a little bit, but they'll get way more as an interest rate. So their spread gets bigger. So they benefit. Same with insurance companies. And then also energy, utilities, and railroads. In a, in a growing and in improving economy, especially one with supply train, uh, supply chain constraints which we're having now, all those prices go up. So all these railroads that people are making fun about Berkshire for the last three, four years, like, oh, who needs railroads? Turns out we all need railroads and they own the biggest one and all the rates are going up. So they're just like, it really is a, the dichotomy between old economy and new economy and they're winning right now. And investors are throwing money at them because they have cash and they're a money printing machine. So this is actually one of the, according to Wellington Asset Management, one of the most aggressive uh, rotations from growth to value stocks that's ever happened in the history of stocks. So that's how- so let's, Trang, let's, let's break that down a little bit, right? So yeah. for people, they, people might be grouping growth stocks like we hear meme stocks, but they're not the same as big yeah, tech, yeah. right? So, right. You, and there's the Pelotons, the Zooms of the world that are obviously legitimate businesses. Uh, well, legitimate is uh, a loose word, but um, you know, <laughs> they, they actually serve customers. They have yeah. paying customers, obviously. They've built brands versus you know a GameStop, which obviously is a real business. But what drove that last year was that kind of meme sensation to a certain extent. Right. right. Obviously, there was some fundamental analysis by a username 727 on Reddit, and that <laughs> kind of seeded this whole thing. Um, and you know that kind of blew up. So, so we've got on one side of kind of like the curve of risk reward ratio, you've got these meme stocks, which are based on mostly narrative. Then right. we've got, you know, um, we'll like take a Zoom, yeah, Zoom, Peloton, Roku, Twilio, right? And that, so and, are, yeah, go ahead. So no, go, go ahead, go, go. Yeah. So let's bucket the high growth names into like cloud businesses that are, are capturing this tailwind of everybody shifting to cloud. Right. So like yeah. Teladoc, uh, Twilio, Zoom, Shopify, it's just about, real world businesses going online. So cloud related businesses. So these businesses call them high growth, right? Cause they are growing quickly. They're growing whatever, 40, 50, 60% a year, uh, top line revenue to your point. They're not making a lot of money or maybe zero profit or losing a ton of money. And basically all of their value is being calculated from five to 10 years down the like road, future right? earnings. Exactly. Yeah. So, and then this is, I mean, it's so great that you actually tease that out because people are wondering like why are higher interest rates like bad for these stocks it's because in if you're expecting profits 10 years from now and the interest rate rises like today or over the next 12 months you're going to discount those profits at a higher interest rate and then you can just do the math yourself so if the value you goes discount down. something the value goes down the present value of those assets go down right if the interest rate is zero there is no discount $100 in 10 years is worth $100 today. But if the, if the interest rate is 
$100 in 10 years is going to be worth whatever, like $40, $50, $60 today, right? So that's kind of like the math that's happening right now in the stock market. All the things are getting smacked. People are expecting, I think, three or four interest rate rises. And that kind of, and again, Berkshire, which is the perfect counterexample, they have all these assets that benefit. Outside of Bank of America, they own U.S. Bank Corp., Bank of New York Mellon, MasterCard, Visa, Wells Fargo, and then obviously Apple, which is like just the greatest money printing machine ever. So I think it's a really good, I think, I know we're supposed to talk about Berkshire versus ARC afterwards. In, no, but I in, think it's a good frame to, yeah. to say the wider thing because, yeah. and then just to, to finish what I was going to say on, so we've got the Pelotons, the, the meme stocks on the other side, and then we've got, let's say, you know, a Google, Facebook, Amazon, like let's say Amazon, right? Yeah. Amazon has been flat basically for the last year, even through the pandemic, I'm pretty sure, right? I, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head. And even when interest rates in the last few months, when people, when um, the speculation came out or confirmation that interest rates were going to go up this year, a lot of those growth stocks, they're still growth stocks though, right? They still count as growth stocks. So th the value of those became less, like you said, but they are obviously like, so I, I guess what I'm trying to say is for people who own those stocks or, you know, we all follow those businesses. They're like the best businesses of all time. That doesn't mean overnight they became terrible businesses, obviously, right? They're still the same businesses. It's just the, the value of them has been recalculated based on the macro environment. 100%. And so now these other stocks, the value stocks, just become more attractive in the short term, I guess, right? And and because of that movement, the supply and demand of that changes the price as well. Well, actually, so let, let's tell let's talk about what exactly is a value stock, right? There's different definitions of it, yeah, but it's like... It's a good, yeah, it's, it's a, it, one one commonly held definition is like, what is its price to earnings ratio, right? How much are you paying for a dollar of earnings for a, a quote unquote value stock? So let's say that a high growth stock is whatever, 50, 60, 70 times earnings. And then a value stock is like 10 or under, right? So basically they're being, they're, they're, per dollar earnings is being valued less because it's not expected to grow as much. And people think that it's a mature business. So historically over the last hundred years, this is actually crazy. I read about this morning. I didn't realize it. growth has only really underperformed value as an, as an investment class over the past 15 years. But if you look over the last hundred plus years of uh, stock markets or whatever called the early 20th century value consistently outperforms growth. So like the last 10 years really might've been a blip. And that's what people are wondering now is, was it just a blip? But then the other side of the coin is stuff you mentioned and stuff we've talked about in the show for the last years. Like everything's going to internet, everything's going to cloud, right? These things are pretty inevitable in our eyes. And that gives the feeling that growth is going to continue winning. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's the value proposition is winning out in the last three to six months. And if interest rates continue to rise, I mean, not investment advice, but uh, it could get ugly. <laughs> Um, Jack, anything from your side, mate? I know you've sent a few threads in the group chat, uh, in the Telegram as well, around, you know, kind of analysis on what's going on. And I know for your own self, you've just, you're buying a house or bought a house, you sold your bald apes uh, and stuff like that. So just- Dude, You as, called the top. We need to talk about how I mean, Jack played this. <laughs> Unbelievable. He bought board at the bottom. So, well, I don't know. What is the situation with the board apes right now? Nah, they're still, I think they're 90 ETH. Okay, okay. Oh, damn. Yeah. But ETH has obviously been shattered the last the last week or so. But um, no, I was just, I thought, I think it was a really good overview you guys gave. I was just um, contemplating the, 
just the bigger consideration between value and growth stocks. And I think the interesting thing about all these internet businesses is um, like they don't, they don't have moats like railways and energy companies do in the same way that like people rely on them for, I think when people are, when like the market is indicative of people's like fear and greed, whatever. And, and, and these are almost like survival utilities and the difference in the, the world of internet stocks and growth stocks is they're all kind of, they're speculative in a different way, right? Like Spotify, yeah. No one's going to die if Spotify goes, <laughs> goes well, out. Last right? week, Trung Fan did say that Wi-Fi is more important than water. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? There's yeah, obviously a lot of people stop making money, but if uh, you know some energy company goes out of business, like the, yeah. the real world ramifications of that are very severe. And also thinking about like the cost of technology being driven down over time and like how not how easy it is to compete on the internet because we know like yeah. internet monopolies have huge moats for different reasons but you can kind of start to see how like um people who didn't grow up around it just see it as like a um a less robust place to put your money which i think is a completely fair analysis i don't like the the companies that keep people alive at a base level, like we're talking about like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I think when you get to the top, the businesses (laughs) that serve the businesses that serve the needs at the very top of that pyramid are obviously going to suffer when conditions tighten in some way, shape or form. And then it feels like the businesses that print money consistently are at the bottom of that, uh, the bottom of that triangle where it's like food, shelter, insurance. Like, you know, when people, um, insurance is kind of a safety i don't know i don't know yeah i don't know the the specifics of insurance businesses but it's like that's the definition of printing money right it's like you have all the information you need to charge more than it's going to cost you to (laughs) insure something and it makes total sense why people who read uh and analyze numbers buy businesses like that and then the other thing that we've talked about on this um podcast many many times is like people investing in things that are growing at a faster rate because they feel like they've been left behind, you know, Um, like the 6% or the 5% return over 30, 40 years when you just feel like, you know, that's not a material amount of wealth generation for a lot of people with the money they have left over to invest. So a lot of this is behavioral as well. And growth stocks, meme stocks, crypto are also a function of like, the mentality of the market and the speed of information moving around. And it's, it's a really interesting, uh, conversation. I, and it does, when you're in the middle of it, you feel like, Oh, this is going to go on forever. But then, uh, like the macro economic environment is way more important than you give credence to a lot of the time. So, uh, good conversation boys. Yeah. And, no, and I, go, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say that that thread that we shared, I think in, the telegram group was written by Tarek. Tarek saw that one. Yeah. Tarek yeah. Mansour, who's the CEO of Kalshi, right? And they, that's a very elegant way to plug at the bottom of the thread that they have a betting market for the rate hike tomorrow. And I think the betting market is what, like five times heavier on the, uh, the rates increasing. So rarely are betting markets wrong. And we'll see what that 
see how that yeah. shakes out. Yeah, fair the, enough. The interesting thing as well, though, is from what else I read, the, the prices have already potentially already been adjusted for this rate hike, right? So well, it's been expected, right? We've been, been expected. talking about this six months now. Exactly. People knew it was coming. Exactly. So but now it's, it's just not severity. like tomorrow. Some exactly now it's a question of how how bad is it? How much do they go up, or do they or they actually just say actually no, we're going to keep things going as is for now. So there's that thread. We will share that actually because it was a pretty good, like a really nice, simple way of summarizing, you know, like the basics of all of this. Um, so I get the question I have uh, for you guys is now that we're kind of in this this correction, whatever you want to call it, right? I don't know if we even count this as a full bear market yet. I don't know of the definition. Um, but from your point of view, how are you personally, I don't want to say playing it, but just like, is there anything that changes, I guess? And and I think Jack specifically, you'd mentioned something about risk tolerance and even like taxes and stuff like that, planning for that. Because I, I know when we talk privately about this, like one of the things I didn't do that well either is like plan ahead for this year <laughs> like okay in april we gotta pay taxes on all the crazy stuff that was happening <laughs> last year and one of the things i remember you saying was like oh i'd probably just sell along the way enough to make sure i've accounted for the tax um so i, I don't know if that's you know that's a few questions in one but i guess the question is like now that we're kind of in the middle of all of this you know there's a lot of speculation there's a lot of emotions flying around are you doing anything differently now and again, this is not investment advice, but I'm curious on how you're seeing seeing things as they progress. Uh, we, we, our private conversation, we talked about um, tax obligations as well. And uh, I think because of that like explosive year of activity in crypto and NFTs and all of that, um, you know, the market frenzy essentially of 2021, I think the general comprehension of like tax obligations as a result of all of the activity is like massively misunderstood. So like people are like looking at their PL now versus like all the activity that happened last year. And if you didn't take out what you needed to take out on December 31st for your tax obligation, it's a good chance. It's like a much larger percentage of your portfolio now. Because um, things have dropped in price, right? So yeah. So, you, yeah. so you've taken uh, at the end of the year, you're, um, you're being taxed on your realized gains for the year from January 1st to December 31st. And the really, um, difficult thing to manage is obviously you pay your tax in a currency that does not fluctuate in value relative to another currency. So crazy, and idea. I, there were, crazy. Yeah, idea that. It's a crazy, <laughs> it's a crazy, <clears throat> like there's so many, data points you have to keep track of to even just to like meet your tax obligation, which is, is a very like heady thing to be doing. At least even if you're trading in and out of stocks, like they're, they're priced in USD. And if you lose money on your portfolio, perspective, but if you make no money trading the stock market or you lose money trading in the stock market, uh, you don't you don't owe the IRS anything, right? Sorry, you're NFTs saying if you don't crypto- sell anything. That's what you mean. If you didn't realize a gain or a loss, you're saying yeah, 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 or Whereas a loss, for right? Crypto. There are some occasions which you do actually have obligation. Is what you're saying? Yeah, like even if you buy an NFT with Ethereum that's appreciated in value, there's a there's a taxable event for the fact that you, like you technically sold that crypto to buy the oh, thing. Oh yeah, insane. 
So you could have bought Ethereum at 500 bucks and then you sold it at 3,500 bucks to buy an NFT that's now worth nothing. You Not only do you have a worthless NFT, you have a tax obligation on that Ethereum transaction. It's pretty, it gets pretty- Has your accountant gets, been like, yo, Jack, what's going on? Uh, actually, you know what? He looked at the, the P&L and he's like, oh, this is way less crazy than I expected because okay. he was expecting like the DeFi staking and the, you know, bridge into this and that. And I'm not like, I didn't you're go not, down that rabbit hole. You're not DeFi I didn't go. I didn't go <laughs> DeLau levels, but the, uh, <clears throat> like you, you know, this is P&L in the same way, like you're, if you were just um, trading in and out of tokens, right? That's how NFTs are like on your P&L. And uh, thankfully, a few plays make up for all of the like idiocy or the things that didn't work out. But um, I've someone had a poll on Twitter recently. It's like, do, have you cashed out your tax obligations for April? And it was 80% of people said no. And that's just a crazy, this is just a crazy statistic that like, it, I think the market is so is young. Disbelief. You're just like... <laughs> It yeah, is, it's nuts, right? It's like, I think a lot of people think, oh, if I didn't make any money, I don't own any tax. And it's not that simple. And that's like... Well, to be fair, it's a little bit complicated, right? Like, that's it's not... true. It's all new. And there aren't like very clear rules in, in many ways for a lot of this stuff. Because like the definition is an old definition and we've created new forms of activity, basically. But I think like the NFT one is actually fairly straightforward. Like if you're buying... Like there's two parts to that one. One is the changing ETH to an NFT. The second is the NFT going up in price. And if you sold that, then obviously that's like anything else. Like it's like a normal piece of art. If you bought mm -hmm. it for a thousand, sold it for 2000, you made a profit of a thousand dollars. So yeah, but I agree. Like the first part, a lot of people might not have accounted for that. The staking, they might not have accounted for that. The airdrops, another thing. If you got airdrop money, again, I don't know the exact. I don't know the exact <laughs> thing here, but that was did it not account for that? Did not account for that, and and also like in that one example, like just sharing my own one, the ENS airdrop we've talked about on this show. Let's just say for easy numbers, let's say it's ten thousand US dollars at the time. If you had sold that at the time for whatever ETH was worth, then that was like your you know conversion at a time but now ETH is half the price so you're still holding on to that ETH and you're you've got a tax obligation for something more so yeah it's going to be complicated uh, in a few months as well <laughs> for everyone but um yeah hopefully everyone's not in a shitter by then to uh be able to to pay their obligations anyway yeah i think like it's like um i think if you've run a business for any period of time you know you have to hold on to a certain amount of cash, whether it's yeah. 50%, whatever, put it in another account. And at the end of the year, a good portion of that is going, going to the IRS. And I think trading, you have like, there's a different mental, people have a different relationship with that, right? Where they don't start trading half of their portfolio after every trade is because the model has been built in a different world where the obligations or the, like the intricacies of it are different. So, that changes things significantly. Yeah, but you know what? The NFT market seems to have, you know, touch wood over here, not been too, uh, <laughs> like that's where attention goes and and like keeps moving when there's not as much action in the the, the cryptocurrency market. So yeah, people what always want to look for something to do. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Trung, what about you, man? Any other thoughts on that? I mean, I know you're following this very closely. You, you're Mr. CFA, traditional, traditionally trained, Dude, but me means nothing. Yeah, it means, it's all psychology. You guys know this, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, every it's just so funny. Been 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 parroting these lines for the last couple of years during the entire pandemic. It's like, guys, just just hold doing it for the long run. Uh, just don't think about it. it's impossible. You can't it you can't think tech. about it, right? It's like, <laughs> like my my like my brother will text me, he's like, How you doing? It's like, oh don't worry, man. I'm I'm holding for the next 10 years, anyways. I'm not even thinking about it. I am thinking about it. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Definitely giving me anxiety. I mean, Jack brought up such a good point. It's like when you're trading, you have such different mental accounting, right? And like you're so much of your net worth is just tied because the entire time is running up. Like, oh, I'm worth X amount, right? And like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm worth so much. This is the most I've ever been worth. That's what I'm saying. Most people mid 2021 <laughs> was the 100%. most they've ever been worth, right? Yeah, same, yeah. Everybody's like, oh my God, I've never. So like everybody psychologically is like, wow, this is like, this is the feeling what it's like. I mean, the, the, the reality is this. The feeling what it's like when you're the richest you've ever been on paper is no different than it is now. Yeah. You just yeah. felt the drawdown. Um, and or actually, do you know what's interesting on that trunk? On the way up, let's just say, I mean, I'll make a number up here. Uh, actually, I won't make a number because I'll psychologically <laughs> say my own numbers here. But let's just say uh, you're on the way up, you get to 70% of whatever you have. Oh, that feeling is, oh, I'm. this is the best I've ever been. I've saved up. I've worked hard my whole life. This is, I've been so smart. Then you get to the 100%, the peak of your powers, right? <laughs> Which may have been at the end of the year. Always fade sentiment. Always fade Always, sentiment. Exactly. Blah. And then you go back down to that same amount, the one that you felt great at 70%. Mm. That is an interesting psychological thing because now you feel like death. It's, it's loss aversion, right? We talk exactly. about it. it's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. whole exactly. Daniel Kahneman thing. You, you, uh, the losing a hundred dollars feels infinitely worse than the uh, than the happiness of gaining a hundred dollars. Completely. And uh, well, the thing is, I paired it. Obviously, I mean, you see, it's just so funny on Twitter. You see people like quoting Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett. It's like literally these words they mean nothing. And you, you have to. It's. A, I don't know how long it takes to internalize it. Right? It's like. These investors that have been through it four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Actually, Kobe talked about it. Kobe talked about on Bankless, like uh, going through the different cycles he's been through. It's just like eventually you get used to the cycle. You're like, oh, I recognize this feeling of like a fifty percent drawdown, right? Like I know this feeling. I, I've been through this before, but uh, um, yeah, but I, it's we've talked about it here. No, though, right? Like you get trained, like, and that was something we talked about in the bear market, like episode we've done. Like, oh, well, in 2017, there's euphoria, 20K Bitcoin, and then we go down to five or whatever it was. And like, you do kind of, not to over-dramatize this, but like, you kind of learn from that experience, right? Like, oh, what does mm -hmm. it feel like if I held through? Right. Then like, for me personally, I held all the way through to this great bull run, which a lot of people did last year. And then you're like, oh, wow, this is even better than before. And now we're going through a similar thing. Percentage-wise, it might be the same, but the amounts are now greater. Money bigger, yeah. And I think might, you should bring up such yeah, a great point because March 2020, because this week was, was this comparable drop? to March 2020 for a lot of the big the tech same, names right? that a lot of us own, right? Exactly. Well, for the uh, for the names that I'm sure you, me, and like a lot of our listeners own, right? It's like, well, like like what's funny is that like in it, 
big tech and like these growth names, like I inadvertently constructed the ARC fund in my own portfolio. Like I own like half of her top 20 holdings just by like, oh, this readings, just copying people, right? Fucking memetics. And uh, so I basically have some version of the ARC fund. And I know, I know for a fact, a lot of our listeners do too. And so 2020, March 2020, these drops are similar for these names. Uh, but you're right, Bilal, it's so true. I sold, I went almost all cash immediately in March 2020. Like, and we also thought it was the end of the world, right? So yeah, fair that, enough. And, and to be fair, that was a very different, like the, the old age old saying, like, hold forever, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. it's very different when it's the first time in your lifetime there's a global <laughs> pandemic. There's, there's ships being sent to New York to yeah. pick up the bodies at the port. And you're like, oh, Dude, okay. I'm not laughing about that, dude. No, you know, I, I editor, you. cut I that out. No, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 I get you. It, and no, but that is what you said. That's what you said before. It is all psychology by that point. And I guess the, the you know, the boring advice that we've read in 50 books or 50 tweet storms, which ends in buy the S&P 500, dollar cost average, don't oh, think dude. about it too much, focus on your income, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're good advice for a reason, because you know, that <laughs> is how you advice, last man. a long time, because it's you take my old, emotion out of it. Exactly, my old, that's it, right? You automate the buying and you just hold. So my old man's got this like 60, 40 plain vanilla ETF. And I was trolling him last year. I'm like, oh my God, dad, how could you do this to yourself? You totally missed the run up. Smoking me right now, completely smoking me. And Has uh, it been in the, in the DMs? To, I mean, uh, the text? No, I just, I just know what his portfolio is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, I, think, uh, I think that's such a good point though. Is, so this one, to answer your initial question, I really am just like, there's, I mean, there's nothing I can do. It's like, I'm, gonna, I'm not locking in these losses because- I bought this time with the intention, this of latest cycle long-term. of holding long-term. And listen, it could still end up in the shitter, but I have to... Actually, Jack, you brought this up in the past. It's like how the crazy runs that we've had in crypto, NFTs, all these like uh, meme stocks has created a whole generation of feeling like it happened so quickly. Like that's mm-hmm. how it's supposed to yeah. be. Like you get used to that. But this is like, exactly. Really is like. But this is like forcing you to like, this is forcing you to accept the down market, right? And just the last quote, this actually will be some investment advice. Just the last quote I'll put is from Morgan Housel. Have you guys read The Psychology of Money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great. Incredible great book, book, right? The best line from the book that he wrote, the best chapter was just like, just like volatility is the price you pay for higher gains, right? It's just like, it's like if I were to go to 7-Eleven, I want to buy Slippy, that cost me five bucks. The equivalent is if I want these high gains, I need to pay in volatility. I need to pay in that anxiety. Like if you're not willing to pay it, then don't do it, right? And that's yeah. totally fair. And uh, you're right. The, the cost isn't always money. The cost that yeah. was the No, but that's it, right? It is that. In the, in the co- like this morning, I went for coffee and my <laughs> girlfriend was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm just having my coffee. But it, it wasn't that I was not okay. Like I, I was just thinking about stuff. I was calculating numbers in my head. You're and calculating, like, right? Yeah, it, that's the overthinking that you should You know what, there's a cloud, right? Thing. There's like, there is a cloud. It, there's literally a cloud just hanging and you're just like, wow, like this is like not good. That's what it feels like. It's just like, this is not good. But what are you gonna do? Nature <laughs> always wins, boys. Nature always wins. <laughs> That's, that's what it comes down to is like, there's no free lunches, right? Like if you want yeah. like 69 million percent APY, you might get it for 15 <laughs> seconds, but you're going to have to be looking at your computer with a 290 BPM while it's going on. And that's there's a true. biological cost to all of it. It's pretty, it's pretty remarkable that like, and the last thing before we move on, I would add is like, 
the amount of talent that drifts away from building in these in these moments yeah. is like That's unsustainable. It's completely unsustainable. Like the, where are the returns coming from? If 80% of people are just like at the casino, some people have to actually sit down and build something worth betting on. That's <laughs> going to be here in a year or two or 10 or 20 years. Right. I think yeah. like it's painful to go through it in the, in the short term, but man, like the visualized value business, there's a legitimate drop off in interest in products that are about sitting down and building stuff. Cause everyone's like, why would I do anything? <laughs> I could That's just make, hilarious. I could just make nine hundred percent like flipping JPEGs. Why would I sit down and like? Wait, Jack, what's the name of that product? What is the name of the product specifically? Of like build once, sell product? twice. <laughs> people don't even people don't even want to build once. <laughs> they won't even build. You're asking them to do one thing, and then they don't. Have, they can just sell forever. They won't even do that. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's really remarkable. Uh, and I'm like, I'm as guilty as everyone else. Like yeah, I've completely. been, I've been messing about all year, but it's, yeah, it's a, it's a great reminder. And you go through like cyclically and you're in the middle of it and you're like, there's no way this is sustainable, but maybe what is it? The, the four, the four word, the four dumbest words in investing this time is this different. different. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Well, it's let's good, rewind man. to the bear market episode. Cause I think we said that a few times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, just to wrap that up. So to summarize, interest rates are probably going up or at least the speculation has gone up. That means the cost of money essentially goes up. There's been a downward pressure on future earnings yep. uh, in the valuations of these stocks. And there's a reallocation between the massive amount of money that are being invested in all the different asset classes. It doesn't mean Google, Facebook, Amazon are terrible businesses. It doesn't mean Bitcoin, Ethereum are going away tomorrow. It doesn't mean the apes are going away tomorrow, but that is just the, the general swings that we're all dealing with. So um, if you're I not guess, investing in the S&P and just uh, rebalancing, and what would you say? It was uh, just, uh, oh, called dollar cost. If you're not dollar cost averaging cost S&P, you're feeling the pain like the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, anyway, I, I will say just the last thing from my part, I think what Jack just said there was a perfect kind of summary around like the mentality shift of like, you know, we're building stuff, we're doing work, we're doing whatever. And then for a year, the last year, we're flipping JPEGs, we're having fun on internet, yeah. which is incredible. And I hope an element of that remains, but sometimes you need a little shake up. And like, I know Trung, we spoke about this in the last episode. Like sometimes you need a little kick and be like, okay, all right, I'm I'm ready to do. Oh, I gotta get back. To, I gotta do work, right? I like exactly. gotta do some work. Go, go write a few threads. Go write a few emails. <laughs> get on this train. I uh, uh, I definitely had that thought after our chat last week. You're like, you know what? Like, Bilal, you're like, yeah, yeah, I gotta do a little bit more work. Even Jack was like, I might have to get back in this course game. I'm like, I'm like, I looked at my own. I'm like, <laughs> I was getting a little bit complacent. I'm like, oh, I don't. Now's not the time. Like, I'm still young uh, and. Uh, and it's not retirement. That feeling of retirement that we had last year is gone now. Right? That, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, all of us have been working, like I've been working through the whole year, but definitely. It did feel still, like. You did yeah. feel a little bit like, oh, okay, we're, you know, we're going to make it. That was the. Easy mode. The, easy yeah, mode. It was mode. the easy exactly. mode. Well, actually, uh, let me throw one last thing before I wrap the section up. It's a, it's a mid pod fun fact fan. Cause it's about Berkshire. Uh, we need to talk about Buffett's deal for Bank of America. Just what a goon this guy is. Is it one of the best deals of all time? Is that the frame or? <laughs> yeah, one of the best deals. It's silliest deal ever. So 2011, he silliest invested. Silliest deal. <laughs> this is like, you remember like 2000 and during the great financial crisis, everybody's coming to Buffett. They want the silver, they want the silver approval, the confidence vote that Berkshire Hathaway put money, right? So 
He basically got a sick deal from Goldman. Every major bank and insurer went to Buffett. He only picked a couple to go to. 2011, Bank of America is in the shitter because they're being hit with lawsuits over the mortgage-backed securities. So who do they go to? They go to Big Daddy Buffett. And uh, he gives them $5 billion for preferred shares, pays a 6% dividend, an annual dividend. So $300 million a year in dividends. And those shares convert, I think, at $7. So in 2017 or 16, I believe, he converted uh, the preferreds into common. And uh, he converted at $7. Do you know what Bank of America stock is now? $43. (laughs) Jesus. So this his holding in Bank of America is $43 billion now, I believe. It's the second biggest equity holding. And he just pumped in $5 billion in 2011. So over 10 years, he turned $5 billion to whatever, $40 billion now. He's bought and sold Bank of America along the way. But uh, it's just, man, the, these guys are playing a different game, right? That's the whole thing. He waited 10 years for this payoff. You know what I mean? He waited 10 years for this payoff. And he sat. And he's sitting on cash. So he's got, Berkshire's got like $130 billion cash pile. So they sit for years and years and years just on these cash piles. The right deal, just right? waiting And there's only there's only so many they can do now to move the needle for him. Even like, uh, even back in 2001, he wrote in the annual letter, like, we can't have these deals, these home run deals we used to have. We bought Geico for like 10, 15 million. We, watched, we bought the Washington Post for 10, 15 million. Those deals would do nothing for us now. They'd move our market value by like 1%. So that's why... He goes out and buys like Burlington North Santa Fe, which is the railroad for $30, $40 billion. He just makes these giant bets now. Or Apple, Big right? Dick Buffett, as you said. Big about Dick Buffett. Big <laughs> <laughs> Dick Willie. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, man, that is mad. I mean, there's a reason, you know, to compound at that level for that many years, there's a reason. Uh, well, I need that. We need that DNA, well. man. It's like, this is the joke, right? Like, people are making fun of. Uh, Munger and Buffett. Listen, some of the stuff they say about crypto is just insane, right? It's just like it's so clear that these guys are talking about. Yeah, Yeah. it's just. But the level of patience and it's so cliche and corny talking about it is like these guys are just sitting and waiting, just waiting. And how hard is it to wait? This is what happens when you don't have Twitter. You're able to do that. You're able to have that muscle. Like we don't. I I don't have that muscle. I I can't wait for anything. It's crazy. We're all, we're all on TikTok watching videos for 15 seconds. I can't. I watched Spider Man the other day, and it was it. a great, great film. But I, I I went to the bathroom for like 30 seconds, came back, and I completely lost my concentration. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what's happened. I forgot what happened the first hour, and I genuinely think it's like because I go on TikTok, I'm entertained for like three hours going through these ridiculous videos. Yep. Anyway. Let's get back to the agenda. But anyway, thanks for summarizing that, boys. The last thing I was going to say on that was, you know, I would ask yourself, has anything changed like from what you thought about all this stuff before? Secondly, um, if you're really feeling as anxious as we are, which just being honest, then um, just it might mean that you were over indexed in, in your positions. And uh, maybe next time that might be something to reconsider as well. And so, you might have to build stuff now. <laughs> yeah, my, and this is a plug for Jack's course. I've take I've paid for it and uh, used it before. Uh, I've gone through it. It's very good and helpful. So if you're in the mood to start something for the new year, you should definitely check out. We we'll get a little code. Like- oh, actually, I have a code up twenty five percent off. Use code Bear. There we go. Bear. <laughs> there we go. It's co- is the code bear market? No, just bear. No, bear. B-A-B-E-A-R. Oh, dude, that is that is savage, man. That's brilliant. 
that's the most Jack Butcher thing to do, man. <laughs> um, all right, so let, I think that was a good explanation of what's going on. Let's move on to the next section, boys. I think we wanted to talk about earned media and specifically the McDonald's meme, right? So this could be applied to any brand that people are using their you know, brand for different memes. And we, as we discussed before, the McDonald's meme in crypto is... We're all broke now. We're going to have to go back to working at McDonald's, essentially, something along those lines. And Drung brought up this point, which was, can you imagine how much earned media McDonald's has, has had from this? And I'm just going to pull up uh, another example. Um, give me one second. Let me just share my screen here. And this is a Donald Trump yeah. example, which I think. So I'll explain this it. one. Yeah, so I'm this uh... right here. Here you go. All right. So this is like a super famous chart and table from the 2016 election. And listen, people, we're saying apolitical here. We're looking at this purely from an analytics lens. So New York Times got data from MediaQuant. And what MediaQuant did is their analytics uh, media company is they looked at the amount of money that all the campaigns spent in terms of traditional advertising or advertising across everything, video, television, radio, Twitter, Facebook, social, doesn't matter. So Donald Trump during this election cycle spent $10 million on traditional bot media. The amount of media he earned, which is calculated, essentially media quant says here, they calculated by weighting the reach of each media source based on how many people were likely to see it, right? So that sounds about right, guys. Like you, you can only estimate it, right? So Trump yeah, earned yeah, yeah. $2 well, actually, billion. Should, should dollars. We, maybe we just quickly explain. Can I just give a quick summary of what it is? Maybe uh, yeah. media versus. So in media and advertising, there's normally like paid, owned, earned. There's like three types of media. Paid okay. is what you just said here, which is you pay for TV ads. If you're Donald Trump or you're Warren, uh, not Warren Buffett, or, uh, <laughs> uh, Sanders, yeah. whoever, you're paying for those slots. And that is across paid advertising. The other one is owned, which which is normally like, you know, you own your email list, you own your website, it's your own properties, your own stores, etc. That is where you can message people and tell them a story you want to tell. And then the last one is earned, which is essentially people talking about you. It's yeah. something that you've, it's PR, it's influencers, if you want to talk about that, doing product reviews. And in the case of Donald Trump, it's obviously the news media talking about mm -hmm. Like how the craziest thing he just said, the craziest doing. thing he just tweeted. Exactly. And they said that during that cycle, he had that number that New York Times published at the time was two billion. I think by the end of his campaign, 2016, he had earned five billion dollars. So this is calculated as if okay, he got uh two million eyeballs on Twitter uh, or impressions on this one tweet. Let's put a number on how much that's worth. So they basically calculated all that up, all the media mentions, and they said he got five billion dollars by the end of it all. And then that's versus $10 in spent. And no other of the candidates got even, I think, more than 100 million in earned media. And so, like, insane, right? So yeah. that is the framework. So, Jack, go ahead. I was just going to say, and there's also, like, levels of earned media. media. There's, like, qualitative, um, uh, you know, things that you can't really measure from a financial perspective because some media cannot be bought. And that's why, like, I think when oh, you, right. when you try and equate it to like, this is worth X, it's like, yeah. it's a good proxy, but it isn't actually talking about like the endorsement of people that are not being paid has X amount more weight in decisions that people are making. Like, you know, if someone's plugging a product and they haven't been asked or paid to do it, 
you know, then yeah, that, like, that endorsement that carries so much more weight with the people right. who are watching it. Completely. And like an organic, like if someone just happens to find a product, like Tim Ferriss, Tim Ferriss finds a product, talks about in his podcast, and he's like, oh, this is the best, uh, you know, item under $100. Like yeah. that standard question everyone does yeah, on podcasts, yeah. right? And he's like, oh, here's a box of shorts that you don't have to wash for fucking three months. Like, I yeah. literally heard him do that. And I was going to Thailand or something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm not showering. So let me get that. You're you know? still wearing them. I'm yeah. still, no, you're still wearing them, aren't you? <laughs> but anyway, so that, that was like, you know, I don't know if he had a, um, you know, a plug with the company, but that endorsement you, like in media terms you call that an impression like impression is you know right. a banner view a tv you know impression you saw that one thing but there's completely varying levels of one impression like another example is a just a digital version new york times front page right at the top even a paid ad is way more valuable than like below the fold like some banner ad that you don't even notice right so but they're both measured as one impression so I think that's kind of what what Jack's saying, like even more so there's just completely different levels. And like, um, I know people don't always love Gary Vee, but one thing he's actually talked about in media, which I actually think is quite a funny way of describing it. He says, what's the value of your mother? And it's basically like the love that your mom gave you. Like, how'd you put a value on that? Like, and, and that kind of always stuck to me, stuck with me is like, okay, yeah, when you're talking about brand and you're talking about a real endorsement, you a feeling you have, with something, with this podcast, hopefully. Like, how do you put, like, a value on that? You can't really Incalculable. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, back to the meme. Well, you know what? It's like the thing we talked about before we talked about uh, uh, the McDonald's meme was, like, uh, last couple of weeks, like, maybe two weeks ago, we were talking about how I got that DM. Like, random shit coin is like, hey, man, listen, if you can get Elon to retweet or reply to this, I'll give you 50K. I'm like, dude... Are you kidding me? Ridiculous. Do you know how much an Elon a reply or read? First of all, he'd never do it, but do you know how much it is? It's worth a lot more than 50K. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's talk about the McDonald's memes. So, well, actually, Bilal, can you, uh, do we have the one of uh, the president of Salvador? Because that's probably the funniest one. I'll, I'll look it look it up while you're while you. Okay, so there, there's just like all these flavors of the memes, right? There's like uh, uh, how you made money in 2021 was using like the uh, Robin hood app. And then 2022 is like the application to McDonald's. And then like Michael Saylor posted a picture of him dressed up uh, as a McDonald's uh, server is at the back of the line. Right. And like all these guys are leaning into the McDonald's joke. And then I guess it's just gone to the point where it's now it's like, have fun working McDonald's. It's like the new, uh, but it's like the reverse of have fun being poor. Right. Just make it funny yeah. yourselves and like kind of, but then picture for people watching on YouTube. Unbelievable, man. This is unbelievable. This is the president. He's got three, 3.4 million followers he's his bios as ceo of el salvador he's the president my man's got a mcdonald's hat on his picture That's so it's funny. a picture of naive of bukele wearing a mcdonald's hat oh my god 130,000 likes what's the earned media on that exactly <laughs> so i mean it's, it's mental right so i mean just well we talk about that. okay let me ask you guys okay so Jack is the one that works in traditional media. You, I'm, you pretend to be, you are the head of marketing at McDonald's. What? I'm going to you. I'm like, hey, listen, the president of El Salvador just changed his profile pic. Probably 50 million people saw this and he's dressed up in a McDonald's outfit. What are you thinking, Jack? It's yours. You know, I would, I would, uh, 
I would do the quote retweet and say probably nothing. <laughs> They're uh, never yeah. going to approve that. Yeah, They're but that's what I mean. So what, what is going through the corporate? <laughs> What's going through McDonald's corporate right now, Jack? I, th- I mean, I think it's actually, I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword, right? Because it's kind of uh, the kind implication of is that I'm, well. yeah, the, the implication is like this is for people who have run out of options, which in a lot of cases, right. like, a lot of these people aren't actually in a position where they have nothing and they're going to work at McDonald's, but, but they're like, I think just pure and maybe Bilal, maybe you've read or um, researched this a little bit more. Like there is legitimate um, uptick in business from sheer exposure of a name. Like I've, I went to this like advertising freaking. uh, I don't even know what you call it. Seminar, I suppose, like multi-day thing where they were like proving, like making the logo bigger works, you know, because all your designers and all the people (laughs) that want to make like artistic shit are like, no, no, we need to make it more tasteful. And we need to like, you know, be really subtle and clever and stuff. It's like, no, bro, just get McDonald's up there as big as you, as big as you can. (laughs) Cause as soon as a kid drives past like, the this is in a cup there's a couple of references for this in the um i think that founder film i don't know if you guys watched that oh yeah, yeah. ray Kroc. great film yeah 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 where it's like the kid is like we put the mcdonald's here because when the kid goes home from school they're gonna like 80 percent of the traffic in this town is gonna drive past this mcdonald's and every kid in the car is gonna go i want to go to mcdonald's i want to go and if you like have any mention of that in any context it'll work basically it will work yeah oh dude my kid already recognizes mcdonald's it's insane golden arches baby yeah 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 so (laughs) like they're benefiting from it i think despite like i don't think obviously from a recruitment perspective this is a good look for them (laughs) but from a sheer like hey how many people looked at the golden arches today beyond the like billion people that already saw it it's probably another billion digitally and then like you're driving past mcdonald's and you're like oh you know maybe i'll pull in there's a double confirmation has happened. I mean, it, it definitely works. It definitely works. It's like I'm definitely thinking of affiliate of fish right now, which is the yeah, Bilal, me order. and Bilal tried to get <laughs> try to get a Mackey's last yeah, time yeah. in New York. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, uh, you guys call Mackey's well, in UK? Mackey's? Mackey D's. Mackey D's. Because in, yeah. you know Australia calls it Maccas. Maccas, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Maccas. Yeah, anyway. And in Ireland they I can't remember what it was, but it was something like that. I think they call it there's another Mickey, there's like a Mickey local, D's Mickey D's. D's there's a local version there I forgot what it's called anyway um, so the only thing I was going to add to what Jack I think Jack actually made a really smart point within that kind of joke filled um, rant there <laughs> basically like it really is dependent on is it positive or negative sentiment right like there's also the old kind of saying around like uh, what is it or press is good press press whatever which again that's i don't think necessarily in today's age that's really uh, applicable given like for personal for for people anyway there's a lot of negative press like epstein is not coming back you know he's dead now but like he's not coming back from a like bad press if you want to call it that or Mm. bad stuff that uh, is reported on him right so like that is not good press no matter what happens of course so um so like, yeah, I think in this case, obviously it's nowhere near on the level of something horrific like that. But with a, a company, you can argue like, okay, when Pepsi did that ridiculous commercial with Kendall Jenner, we talked about last time, um, like this, it was like trying to be mm. extra woke and it was like pretty terrible. 
like is that good press or is that bad press it's clearly bad press but is it worth them having their brand in front of millions of people talking about it I mean, I'd argue no, but I, I don't. I would say definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because people are going to make a decision based on that because like Pepsi has showed a lapse of judgment and your attachment to Pepsi is you supporting that lapse of judgment. Yeah, like exactly. this, in this instance, this is like completely community owned meme and it's kind of in good fun and jest and like, it's like bringing people together in a strange way. So I think there's like some wholesome component to it. Like the fact of. Michael Saylor's tweeting out the McDonald's visor. It's like, I, and I don't even know if they're, they're like, they're um, engaging with that, but man, they should because the, like anybody who owns any Bitcoin is probably gonna like oh, love yeah. McDonald's for doing that. And it's like, they could do any kind of stunt, right? Like we're doing Big Macs for Bitcoin. Like you get a free Big Mac. <laughs> if you, if you've got Bitcoin, just prove it in the, Prove it in the um, prove it on chain. <laughs> yeah, on chain. Hey, there's some chain. funny stuff they could do. You know who are great? Um, I think they have. Um, I think it's Droga Five or uh, Whedon and Kennedy do Burger Kings. Oh yeah. man, Burger King stuff is incredible. Like their marketing is really like it does like straddle that line of like uh, they did this campaign maybe five years ago now where you could get a you get a free what's it a whopper that they do if you're within like if you leave a mcdonald's and go to burger king so they like have this thing where you have to go and like use this like geotagged location thing in a mcdonald's and then you go to burger king after that they give you a free burger so i just think there's like if you if you had uh mcdonald's as a client right now there's so much there's so much you could do for them and they got a lot of smart people um it, they're kind of just so big that I don't think they have to mess around with that stuff. You know, like McDonald's is kind of like the, you see like ads for McDonald's on the side of the road and it's like literally a massive cup of coffee with the, the golden arches and it's like coffee, 80 cents. Yeah. And that's they it. don't mess about with like clever lines or any shit like that. It's just like, come to McDonald's, you know what you're getting. Like I've like, when you travel, like a lot of people, the consistency of McDonald's is, is what they're like, they don't have to compete on like cleverness or any stuff like that. It's well, just they, like they have staple. like Justin Timberlake. Was that Justin Timberlake who did it back in the day? I'm loving it. Is that McDonald's, right? Yeah, oh, was it? Black Eyed Peas, Justin Timberlake. Black um, so I think they've obviously done it over the years, but you're right. Like a lot of their, like it's never just one thing. Like they've got like the generic awareness, like, oh, come in, buy this $1 coffee, whatever. But yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. I, I would say that I feel like for them, there's probably more to lose by doing something in because they don't really understand it properly the culture of it uh, yeah they're probably like okay we're gonna say something ridiculous get in trouble then we actually get negative memed like because like you said right now the meme is not really like that bad for mcdonald's it's kind of just like it's a fun bit of a playful joke yeah exactly so um anyway yeah anything so what's else in summary what's the what's the summary then they're getting a lot of earned media is the summary they're definitely getting crazy earned <laughs> media but uh, I think more people will be going to McDonald's as a result, but you're right. They're uh, like no, McDonald's is going to, I'd be very surprised if they acknowledged it. And well, we're talking about it right now. So there's definitely about seven people on their way to get a Big Mac right now yeah. because we planted the seed. If you did post a picture of your McDonald's and tag us and let us know that it worked. But, uh, and this is not sponsored by McDonald's. And if you're, if you're in the media quant space, let us know, give, throw us a guesstimate. Yeah, no, completely. Well, yeah, I mean, the way I've done it in the past is you basically have estimated impressions mentioned times by 
a CPM, which is like cost per thousand people, which is obviously you could have a $5 CPM, you could have a $500 CPM, but like that is kind of how you would. Well, would dude, let's, uh, you know, it. let's just have a fun one right now. Let's do one for the president of El Salvador. Let me pull my calculator. <laughs> okay. It's 130,000 likes. So let's say 1% of people liked it. So what is that? 13 Times million. 100. So 13 million, 13 million impressions. How about that? Oh, 20 million, 20 boys. million impressions. I, no. um, 45 minutes ago on this live recording, McDonald's tweeted, how are you doing people who run crypto Twitter accounts? <laughs> oh my goodness. No That's hilarious. Wait, let me pull that up. Wait, you yeah, went you to go tw- it's getting a lot of engagement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got in on it, man. Go Prediction on, uh, was Trump, wrong. You're doing your public math. Go on, you can start with uh, what you're saying. McDonald's acknowledged the noise. They will not have a labor shortage for sure. I'm just reading some quote tweets out here. I'm really, I'm just um, seeing it. There's no point me sharing the screen, but how are you doing people run crypto Twitter accounts? That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the amount of people, I'm just wondering like how many people are reading that and thinking like, what the hell are you talking about that? I have no idea what this joke <laughs> is. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, anyway. Oh my God. People right, are calling so- that that's the bottom. Like that's the bottom. The, <laughs> the bottom signal is McDonald's tweeting it out. <laughs> All right, so Trunk's still doing his math over there. Okay, so. hold on, Bilal, hit me quickly before this right. McDonald's thing. Go throw so, me, throw me some CPM uh, information. So yeah, so I'm just gonna call it 30 million impressions on that one. Tweet. 30 million impressions. Now, what you need to do is divide that number by a thousand. Okay. Yeah, so knock three. Yeah, thirty thousand. And now, what's the CPM? You're and now times that by on a low, very low end, five dollars. So they're just saying so that means off of to his reach, tweet, like on paid media side, to reach. A thousand people might cost you five dollars on a very low end. Obviously, podcasts like this would be like fifty, you know, but like easily, hundred or something like that. But yeah, like well, because so, yeah, our what, audience is crazy, right? We got the best, I mean, insane audience. We have insanely smart. Yeah, so you you got audience. that idea. So what was the number in the end for the hundred fifty thousand dollars? Just low. for that one tweet. Yeah, I, I would say it's probably worth way more than that, but that was on a very low end. Um, anyway, if you've made it here so far, that was the public math section and we got the McDonald's meme going. Any, anything else on that, boys? I think that's quite interesting, actually, because I think it ties in with a lot what we talk about here, which is memes, the value of, you know, idea spreading. Um, and a lot of like investing side is nowadays has been so narrative based. So a lot of this is based on this. Um, anything else before we wrap up on the last section? No, that was great, man. I uh I love bad math section. We yeah. should do it once a week. <laughs> I know, I know in your head you're doing it for your tweets as well, because you're I know <laughs> your numbers for the month. I don't know if we're allowed to share them, but uh like the impressions you two get just on your tweets is mental, right? And uh, if you times that by the five dollar CPM minimum, you you and that's not even including the endorsement from Jack Butcher from Trunk Fan. It's a very different vibe. <laughs> so uh, that is a subtle way of saying if you're a big brand who wants to partner with NIA this year. <laughs> subtle. That is- no, uh, <laughs> It's gone from subtle to explicit. To, yeah. That's <laughs> McDonald's, who do? I mean, that would be hilarious. That would be the best. <laughs> that would be the most on-brand thing we could do. All right, talking of which, let is, let's wrap up with this, boys. Twitter launched NFT profile pictures. That was last week. So- the you know the news has already come and gone with that but i wanted to get your take on this this is something just people have been speculating on for a while there were leaked pictures months ago of the twitter product team showing 
they were going to have essentially a way to change your profile picture, but with a verified NFT. And what happens now, instead of having a circular profile picture, it's like a hexagon, right? So it's whatever your NFT is, that's connected to your wallet, it's a hexagon. So I want to get your take on this. You two are big, you know, Jack, you're obviously in the NFT world. You sell your own NFTs. You've bought a lot of NFTs. Both of you have got prominent social profiles, still pending verification. But, you know, is this another form of verification? Like what, how do you, how do you see it? It's a feature of Twitter Blue right now as well. So you can only access it if you pay, what is it, three bucks a month for, yes, they're paid subscription, for Twitter right? Blue? Yeah. Yeah, which I think the backlash has been significant from the uh, the NFT skeptic crowd for many reasons. Like Twitter has has had like there's a load of memes about the the features that people have been requesting from Twitter, right? Which are like we want an edit button, we want I don't know what the other demands are, but people get people were furious when this announcement came out. Check out that quote treat ratio and scroll through that if you want a bit of entertainment and just get the general um i think the i would say like the mainstream culture's response to this is like um not not psyched about it to be quite honest and uh yeah the 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 verification thing is somewhat accurate but it's also like any nft that's that is recognized by OpenSea will 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 pull into that. So unless you're like uh, unless you're fluent or savvy enough to know that that NFT is connected to that official collection of the thing, it doesn't actually provide like a foolproof verification. You're the owner of well, doesn't in the same way that like the um, you know anyone could take an image, remint it connected to a different address you could then technically pull it in as a verified nft but it wouldn't be attached to the collection that you're that uh it may have originally been attached so, to so for, feels for like people, to me like go on go, no no go, go i don't finish your thought i was just gonna say i think um it's all it's just like a signaling thing within an in-group right like i think um to me it doesn't really offer that much more significant um verification but i do i mean i haven't really dug that deep into it where there may be people like doing a little bit of shady business and trying to you know um pose as being in a different position than they're in by like it's like an additional level of verification beyond the blue check right it's like i'm i'm attached to this collection uh and obviously anything finance related we know the twitter comment section is just completely full of like unusable the most outrageous like scam tactics going so i think this is like (laughs) maybe gonna maybe gonna temper that slightly right like people who are like negotiating in dms and doing like you know buying and selling these things between each other it makes some sense that you would verify that if that's a that's a good segment of your user base and like i think twitter is catering to this world of nft owners collectors artists because um i think they see themselves as a huge like they're a huge platform layer in this whole ecosystem none of it would really exist without them and obviously these people are spending money and twitter is you know 
a for-profit business for for because right now they've gotten zero of it right like they've made zero dollars from this crazy 2021 we're talking from the about. nft craze people yeah. coordinating yeah. and marketing nfts and web3 zero they made zero dollars yeah zero yeah dollars from maybe it. maybe a little bit of uh, it increased ad revenue from the, the extra traffic on the platform but yeah nothing connected to crazy. it directly crazy well so and like just, i think just, uh, Sorry, Jack, can I ask a quick question? For Because I know there's someone listening to this and they're thinking, all right, what's the point of this like in the first place? Like, I think we talked a little bit about that there, but from Twitter's point of view, and I, I guess my point of view as well, I'll just share, is the only reason it's significant that I even brought it up is with seeing examples of experimenting with stuff everyone's been playing around with on a mainstream platform, right? And and like a potential use case. Like right now, the use case is not really fleshed out. Like it's like, oh, you can prove ownership of something. So I guess the benefit is if you own a CryptoPunk and someone has copied it and right-click saved and is using that identity on their profile and gaining all the signaling upside of that, you have a way of saying, actually, no, I own this one and whatever, whatever else it is that you, in the future, might not be a CryptoPunk. It might be something else. So uh, is there anything else I'm missing on that side? Like, I guess that's the kind of reason they've done it or is- I'm Well, you know what else? I think they'll do it to influence a social graph as well. Like that's going to be that's an interesting. interesting play for them where it's like- There's another the signal for them now. They can pull that in. They can, they can make a Twitter specific to this community or that community or have, you know, like you interface with, or the, the people that are in that community, their, their, sorry, their tweets- you know, jump the algorithm in some way, shape or form. So there's incentive for, there's incentive for people to pay Twitter for the service of like a deeper integration with the community. Like discord is actually a, like just a completely chaotic product, honestly, for the majority of people that aren't, we talked about in this last episode, like are not built to like look at um, basically like a spam chat of like a youtube video you ever watch like a live youtube video yeah. with a lot oh, of people watching it's it it's so just like unusable follow. yeah yeah so, I find that so with, twitter i, I think discord quite hard to follow like if you go in after two days or one day like because there's no threading of comments mm -hmm. like you you kind of have to go all the way up you don't know where the conversation starts and it, I don't know if I'm using it like a boomer, but like that's kind of I've heard other people. I've never say gone. Well. I've never gone into. No, no, you're right. I, that's the point I'm trying to make. Honestly, is like it, it's just like uh, like these are these are like there's a huge barrier to entry for these things, and they're like obviously like now these big status uh, symbols and signals. And Discord abandoned their Web three verification thing. If you'll remember, there was a big backlash from the gaming community. It was like do this, and I'm gonna you know, I'm going to cancel my subscription and take all my, my, you know, the Community, people that yeah. I interact with are coming off as well. Um, so I think this is an interesting play where it's like, you can Twitter can ride some of that momentum that these communities are creating and they probably have ambitions to become like the de facto, um, place for these communities to like come together and communicate. I think spaces is another feature that is like huge in this NFT world. It's almost mm -hmm. like think of CNBC as having a relationship to like the real time market movements in more traditional uh, that's markets. That's such a great analogy. Like uh, CNBC for kind of Web3 NFTs. 
yeah and like spaces that's it it's like hey this project is launching there's you know five or six like prominent names in the nft space or interview the artist or the founder or the team um you know this almost getting to this like wwe level of like dramatization nia daily is going to be or exactly we're just villains we're bringing in villains and victims listeners we're teasing it it's coming you don't think ready standing for everybody listeners that aren't watching video right now sorry jack i didn't mean to cut you off no no go go i'm standing i will be standing for the rest of 2022 people (laughs) Will not be sitting on a <laughs> I will be standing until we're out of this bear market and until we have a daily YouTube. I'm, I'm standing, standing all day, standing everywhere. I'm standing. I'm never not going to be standing. Live stream fan, basement, fan. basement okay. fan. is ready. We got VF fan, front seat fan. <laughs> Wait, what was the last one? Basement fan? Now we're standing fan. Standing yeah. fan. Standing that, all year. That sounds like something you buy at Argos. Yeah, yeah exactly what I was going to say, Vila. <laughs> Three speeds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's why I think yes. that's why I think the they're like they're gonna be like the permissionless media platform for I mean they already are for crypto, but NFTs have this like obviously more um they're pulling in more people from pop culture, you know, artists, footballers. Um, I mean, everybody at this point, you know, there's a huge, um, we've talked about this maybe before we were even talking about NFTs, like the open nature of Twitter and like the open nature of media and social graphs is completely different to old media models where like these narratives can take hold really quickly. And um, I don't, I think without Twitter, 2021 would have been very, very different financial, like every financial market, I think would have been, I mean, dare I say it a lot calmer without a network like Twitter. Like it's really remarkable how you can see in these like tiny communities, if a certain person tweets about a certain project, you can then go and watch the activity on that project. And it's ding, 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 ding. Um, in the same way that like wall street bets move markets, like order of magnitude simpler than Wall Street Bets, right? You don't have to read a 10 paragraph thesis on Wall Street Bets and click through all the comments on Reddit. It's literally a tweet goes out or if you hear something in a space and you're making financial decisions based off. This um, is why Buffett is things. winning, by the way. Like, yeah. this is like, you know what I mean? Like, honestly. He's just eating McDonald's, dude, having his Diet Coke and he's not on Twitter. Newspaper and that's he's, not, it, yeah. he's, not, he's making one decision a year and... And he's richer than everyone. Like this is this is actually a great point, right? It's like this dude is just letting these money making things that he's invested in just keep on compounding slowly. He's not on Twitter every day. Like, dude, think about what we opened this uh, episode with the whipshaw of emotion we've been through. This dude's not even looking at the markets. Right? He's yeah, he's gonna, got no idea. He's gonna look back in a year, and be like, "Hey, how was 2022?" Oh, we're up like 60% this year. Cool. Added to the other 20% of you've been doing for the last half century. Hilarious. Yeah, you know, another thing. Go on, Jack, go on. Go on, I was just going to say, um, isn't it like 5% of Americans have a Twitter account and then like 50% of that 5% have ever sent a tweet? Oh, I've never. So it's, yeah, yeah. 50% have, 50% haven't. And majority is like 10 tweets. So it's probably like hooked up from Instagram or something, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like, Hey, I'm at this place. So 
that it's like this reality distortion field as well, where you assume that the narrative you read and hear on Twitter, because it's your primary source of media is how the world is consuming information. And for the most part, it is not. Um, but I think Twitter is being smart in positioning themselves at the, like, you know, building the tools for the people that are building like internet native economies. We yeah. want to be the the platform for people that are, that are in that space. And they'll cater to the 500,000 NFT users before they cater to the right. 50 million like anime fans or whatever it is that's going on or um, K-pop hordes of like kids because these people in buying and selling NFTs are probably yeah. in their thirties, obviously have disposable income to waste on this stuff. Uh, as a cohort of people that you want, like spending money on your service, that's like, you know, to quote Logan Roy, money wins. <laughs> well, the B the BTS gang is, I don't know if you have seen, they are absurd. They can they, do anything BTS does, they blow it up. Millions and so, millions for people of people. Yeah, like that, BTS are, could you, the Korean super group. The, they're like K-pop group, yeah? yeah. Yeah, I think that's an interesting thing to bring up too, is like when... I don't know if it's an if, I think it's a when, like when all of these like really huge, like cultural forces get involved in markets in some way, I think it's inevitable. You know, yeah. there's going to be a BTS token, Coins BTS NFT, and it might make Bored Apes look <laughs> like a penny stock. You know what I'm saying? The example I was thinking of, which again happened, I think last week by this point, uh nelk boys they dropped to nft yeah did you see that and i haven't followed complete after but i went into the discord like a night before there were three hundred thousand people in the discord and there was only ten thousand nfts you could buy yo three hundred that's huge yeah that's massive and for people who don't know who the nelk boys are they're kind of a collective they're like the they're like the modern day jackass on youtube like yeah they're they jackass do, youtube canadians yeah canadians like they're kind of like frat bros they got they do like mad parties full send or whatever it's called and look they're they've cracked youtube at another oh, level but here's like the thing the, they're demonetized yeah, they don't make a dollar from youtube that's All true. their money comes from swag, and now apparently swag demonetized as in zero trunk. Like they, they don't, they, so. they can't, they can't run ends because yeah, their so shit they don't is make too wild money on there or something like that. Wow. So their stuff is wild because they'll literally just go and like moan in people's ears, like in the <laughs> supermarket, like it's ridiculous. Like just do wild. They they get they went to like South America and were trying to pretend like they were smuggling drugs, like doing wild wild stuff that. You know, like objectively is quite funny, but it's one of those things you you kind of feel bad for watching it almost. You're like, all right, I'm yeah, feeding yeah, yeah. the frenzy. I don't really want more of yeah, this content yeah, yeah. in the world, but in secret, you're like, oh, this is hilarious, you know? And so PNG anyway, doesn't want their ads running next to that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they have to kind of do it themselves. They've got, you know, amazing content. Oh, they made 70 mil last year. We talked about it. They it's made it crazy. 70 to 100 mil. Insane. It's crazy. And now- so well, Someone told me the other day their seltzer brand is is worth like 200 mil already. They launched it a couple months like ago. Happy Dad or something like that. So they've got that as well. And now I didn't follow the NFT stuff, but uh, like how much is sold or however it's working. But I, I think they're very, very savvy. Like they're, they're surprisingly, like when you're just watching their videos, you're like, oh, these look like college kids doing wild stuff. No, but the amount of stuff they've done, they've created a membership club. Like if you look at, I hate to use this phrase, but the creator playbook, they've, they've kind it. of killed it in every single way. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah, fact, yeah. even on another level, like they're doing traditional brand building at a very high level. They've got like the UFC 
founder or the head of UFC, Dana White, owner, um, doing collaborations with them. They're like flying on Trump's jet, like when he was still president, like doing wild, wild stuff. So anyway, you can you can hate them if you like, which is fair enough because you might not like this stuff. But man, what a wild! You can learn. It's like barstool. You can learn from whatever you did. Porno. You can learn from him. Hundred percent. Jack, let me let me opine on the. Do we have anything else to cover? Because I can just drop one last thing if you guys are playing with No, this. no, let's go for it. Uh, well, Jack, to talk about Logan Roy. So I just started watching Yellowstone. Have you guys seen this show? No, it's uh, all yeah, man, I love stuff. Yellowstone. Oh my, what season are you on, Jack? I finished it. You're done? I just started season one. This show oh, is so mate. good. What it's so it? good. What is it on, by the way? FX? It's, uh, Paramount. It's, it's on Paramount. Paramount. It's, it's actually involved in a very interesting situation because NBC, uh, Peacock, all these different streaming services under one umbrella. One of them owned like the first three seasons, but didn't invest to keep it for the long term. They didn't realize what it would become, and that's so and like so what, the streaming so season split know, up. It's, I heard it's like it is Kevin. It's succession like from uh, for in Montana, and instead Amazing. of a big media family, it's a big ranch owning land like old school Montana family. Kevin Costner plays the role of Logan Roy. He is John Dutton. Uh, but Jack, you can opine because you've seen it all. I'm only five episodes in. The only reason I want to bring up is this is I'm going to be talking about this shit the, the same way I'm standing every episode. I'm going to be talking about this every episode of 2022. So I cannot believe how good this show is. It is incredible. Uh, and then the last thing I'll add is the guy that made it, we should do an episode about him, Taylor Sheridan. Oh, mate, he's in it too. Have you got yeah. to an episode where you see him? I haven't gone to him yet, but what I'm going to say no is this. He, didn't, no he did not start writing as a screenwriter till he's 40 years old. He's an actor. One day he took out his wife's credit card. They weren't doing super well financially, bought final draft, which is the screenwriting software. And not investment game. advice, it, not investment advice, but it's been game over ever since. <laughs> if you guys have seen the movie Sicario, that's him. How good is Sicario? Oh, for real? Yeah. Wow, he wrote wow. Sicario. King. Oh, dude. Ledge, man. Unbelievable. Right. So he's in sons of anarchy. Said, oh, and this is what? not a spoiler. This is not a spoiler, but he is like, you would like, He's in it as an actor, and you would think that that was his craft, just yeah, acting because right. he's that good. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. an incredible actor, and then just decided to be a writer. And he's the only writer on the show. This one's crazy. A show of this caliber, which if you compare Succession, Succession has a writer's room. Probably has a dozen people writing for the show. This dude writes it all by himself. Oh, that's wow. Yeah, it's in. It, it, I, I can tell you as a field <laughs> screenwriter how hard that is. Yeah, and I was gonna say Trunk because. If people have read your bio on Twitter, they'll know that you wrote a screenplay, right? That got sold to. Fox. I wrote a screenplay. I wrote a, a, a co-developed a, co a TV show that's actually might get made, which we will be talking about. But oh, that's the sick. whole point okay. is like the crazy thing is like this guy's doing it by himself, and he started at forty. So we're gonna do a whole deep dive on Taylor Sheridan. He's a monster, absolute monster. And, and uh, we should try and get him on. I'm sure you could. Uh, I'm sure. Oh you my could get god, that's from. interesting. That'd be uh, badass. Um, the, I was just gonna say, I, I I'm gonna mess up the uh, statistic because I can't find the exact quote, but I read something the other day where like Yellowstone is it was either 20 or 40 times more popular than Succession in the states viewership right. because it's so much more of a like Middle widely America. appealing subject matter. Yeah. Um, fascinating and i remember succession i watched the first episode if you went on twitter after the first episode of succession aired whenever that was people were like this sucks this is stupid like i don't like the way they did it it's like too dark and then like it aged in everybody yeah, like yeah. started to appreciate it um but yellowstone man is like 
It's it, it's just a, like it's just I'm a, so glad, it's a great piece I'm, of I great really piece need to show. No, no, I'm jealous. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love it, man. We love it. It is. I think Jack, your point is so good. It is. We just talked about it. The NFT bubble on Twitter is the same with the media bubble with Succession. Mm. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. Were to, if you're on Twitter, like the circles we run in, Succession's all you hear and see about a, a finance Twitter or a tech Twitter. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit about that outside of these circles. Yeah. It's all Yellowstone. Well, to be fair, Succession was still like... <laughs> oh, it's a monster show. show. But like yeah, but like to Jack's point, Yellowstone is like... You, you take you're saying Yellowstone's better than Succession. No, it's like the, the amount of people watching it. Oh, the popularity, it, it, it's not even close. It's night and day. If we stepped outside of our circles and looked at the like the stat that Jack, I don't know if it's necessarily the number Jack. I've heard something similar, but like it many, is many, many multiple, multiples, yeah, multiples yeah. viewership. Bloody coastal elites, mate. Yeah, <laughs> man, I ain't about the uh, the basement fan is not about the coastal elite life. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm about standing. Hoodie. Do you think I'm gonna sit in a comfortable chair? No, I'm gonna stand. I'm gonna stand, and I want to talk about Yellowstone. Yeah. I am the people's champ. We are the. Wait people's and see champ. what Trung's wearing in a few weeks after he's put a few Yellowstone episodes Full, away. Yeah, with a, with a little hat. <laughs> cowboy, cowboy cowboy hat. hat. <laughs> oh my god, hilarious! All right, well, he's we got like the wood, check that wood out, paneled uh, office <laughs> and the moose head in there. Yeah, right here, moose head. A saloon. It turned cowboy into books. the fan saloon. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. No, it's like it does make you want to go live on a ranch for sure, and. He, uh, even though it's like all of these shows are like stressing you, you wouldn't want to swap places with anybody you see in any of these shows. Obviously, it would being be rich sucks. Is that takeaway from watching Succession and Yellowstone? <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want to be fu rich. It doesn't look like fun. Well, thankfully, but we should definitely. You, you no longer are. So uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Trump, may have been before. Trump, but... No, it's like Trump, I don't think you have to worry about that, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're safe, buddy. All right, boys. Yeah, we wrap yeah, it yeah. Up? We'll try. Was, uh... Yeah, last thing. I'll put it on yeah. Jack before Bilal wraps it up. Stretch goal. We're gonna try to get Taylor Sheridan on the on the NIA 100%. podcast. You guys, little DM. I'm pretty sure. I mean, you Hassan Manaj talking about you. You already been exposed to the Hollywood That's fan fact. life. So you've been on CNBC three times or four. <laughs> hey, we're past five now. But all I know is this, man. Uh, I actually resurfaced the first one where I said I like uh, Arc ETF. I went ooh. That was not looking too uh, hot right yeah. now. <laughs> I was gonna close I like it the ETF. Off. I was gonna close it out with it, but <laughs> um, no. Um, oh wait, one second. Yeah. So uh, uh, the only thing I was gonna say, boys, is uh, yeah. Was there anything else to wrap, wrap up before we before we? No, close it's it out? perfect, man. This is great. I can't wait till. So for the listeners and the viewers, just know that in the following weeks. Jack and Bilal will also be standing. We are going all standing soon. <laughs> and energy. the energy, I got to say, the energy level is just complete. I mean, last week, I thought we already got some comments, right? It's like, man, wow, basement trunk is like, a, it's on a different level right it's now. Free. It, it's free, <laughs> man. I'm like, it's it's totally different when you're free. Like, you're not like all clamped in. It's like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, a, it's like the opposite of the vibe that we're all feeling about the Marcus tanking. It's the opposite of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. Um, all right, Jack. Did you have something there? Look like you're thinking about something. I'm always, uh, I'm always. Trunks always get my my gears turning over here, but I can't be going on another rant. So well, Jack, I'll leave you, it till next week. You feel it though, like, Jack? Are you excited for standing, Jack? I'm excited. I'm for very, standing. very I might, excited. I might mate. do it right now. Let's dude, see. Bilal, I it's get a different. Arms. Bilal, get up, man! It's a different energy, dude. Oh, oh he's oh, got the got... electric desk. Look at this. Yeah, yeah I'm oh. coastal this is, elite. Uh, 2020. This is 2020 levels of wealth. Yo, can you, you stand? To... Can you stand, bro? <laughs> 
Yeah, is it two standing, people? standing right now. Okay. Oh, mate. No, just go, go and do it. Actually, but if you need to hunch, that's going to be great. Can you do it comfortably? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I've got, I've got like a, I've got like the uh, autonomous one. Okay, yo, not, not sponsored wow. by. Anyway, you got to do standing, man. This is, it's another, it's another level, dude. I do. I normally work. I used to only work standing for ages. Wait, Jack, you, you just flow. It's a different energy. It is a totally different energy. <laughs> I, I feel want very people. Left out, Jack's want, really want, like <laughs> living in his in-laws' place right now, so he's yeah. not, <laughs> he's not got his standing desk ready, but he'll be setting up the NIE studio. Oh my so. god, Jack, you have to move to Tennessee from Atlanta. Yo, yeah. I moved three blocks and it was the worst thing ever. You're about mate, to I've done, mate. I have a store. I have a few stories for the next couple pods, I'm sure. Um, should be in the next few weeks. Just awful. It's awful. Yeah. I've got a lot of good moving stories. I, we'll, we'll do a segment. Let's do a whole moving. Yeah, some Okay, Bilal, you're standing for right, rest 2022. Uh... That's our promise to the listeners. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, we're standing until uh, Bitcoin hits 69K again. Until then, I'm just standing here. I'm eating my food here. I'm working here. The whole thing. I probably won't even leave my house. I'm just going to keep it going. Anyway, so as always, thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate you guys. And I uh, hope you're hanging in there. I know it's been a crazy few weeks for everyone. And I uh, hope you're still enjoying the pod. Uh, what I would ask for you guys is this first part of the show, especially... I get asked this question all the time from people like, why is the stock market dropping? Why is crypto dropping? What does interest rates mean? So uh, if, you, if you've had anyone who's asked you that, clip that, send it to them on YouTube and, and just say, look, this is going to explain it to you. And uh, that is the best way you can help us keep growing the pod. We've got lots of plans for you guys this year. Uh, we've been meeting about that. So just uh, stay tuned. And uh, otherwise, thanks again for all your support. We love you guys and uh, we will see you on the next one.